And let's open our Bibles tonight to Proverbs chapter 1. We're still continuing uh, studying the book of wisdom and uh, have a very important uh, doctrine tonight. As we looked at last week, the, uh, the order is very important, so you need the right uh, doctrine and you need it in the right order. This is uh, absolutely crucial. So let's look at Proverbs 1, and we'll read uh, verses uh, 1 through 7. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the under, uh, instruction of wisdom, justice, and uh, judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. The understand, or to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we're looking at uh, the, the fear of God uh, again tonight and understanding the significance of it and the cause and effect sequence and then the chronological order. And uh, it's, it's so important because uh, you lose the fear of God, you have, have lost all these other things. If you get the fear of God, you will gain all of these other things. So we should give uh, importance to the priority, and we realize that wisdom is the principal thing, but you've got to get the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of knowledge. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you would bless the study. Uh, we yield your spirit. We, we pray that we would uh, study to show ourselves approved unto thee, and help us to understand uh, the rank and the order of the priority, line upon line, precept upon precept, the foundation uh, which is laid, and we must uh, build upon it. We pray that you would convict where needs be and bring a revival to those uh, who are wanting and help us to learn from the reproofs of life and uh, others, their success and their failure to understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll look at this later on uh, in detail about understanding and the fact that Lucifer, uh, before his fall, he had knowledge, he had wisdom, but he lacked understanding. And all this you go back to the beginning is because he did not fear the Lord. So in not fearing the Lord, his knowledge was uh, used for evil. His wisdom was used to devise evil. And he had no true understanding. So what precedes wisdom? Knowledge. What precedes knowledge? The fear of the Lord. 
So we live in the last days. If you just look around, you know what the Bible teaches. We've been studying this for weeks in Sunday school. But also, as you observe uh, humanity and the apostasy or the falling away, one of the main things that the liberals want the people of God to lose is the fear of the Lord. So they'll ignore it. They will malign it. They'll uh, have a bad definition of it. But the fear of the Lord is absolutely crucial. So if you, what is really the most important thing when you think about it? We know wisdom is the principal thing in rank and order. But how are you going to get wisdom? You have to fear God. If you don't fear God, God will not give you any knowledge. And if you don't have knowledge, you will not have the wisdom. You'll not know what to do with the knowledge. And then you're going to lack understanding because the understanding is the relationship between the uh, knowledge and the wisdom as it pertains to the holiness of uh, Almighty God. So if you lose the fear of the Lord, you're going to lose all these things. We see it happen all the time. Um, very, very important. Now, you cannot compare yourself to other people. This is crucial. The last verses of Proverbs 1 says, Many people, the simple are destroyed by the prosperity of fools. Some people are, seem to get away with it. That's that word, seem to get away with it. They will not. You cannot compete or compare with others. What must you do? Fear the Lord. You realize God's watching everything that you do. He knows every thought, every fantasy. He knows every motive. He knows every idea that comes into your head. He knows what you dwell upon. He knows every penny you spent and what you spent it on. Every second of time on the clock that ticks, God's watching you. And you're going to have to answer to God for that. It is the fear of the Lord. Now, Solomon is a very unusual exception to the rule. The Bible was written uh, for us, and we just need to accept it and uh, believe it. But Solomon is very unique in the Word of God and his life. And in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, some very interesting verses. In the, he went on this experiment to see if the world could satisfy. He was the richest man on earth the wisest man on earth, but in his wisdom, he became a fool. And he began to experiment with all these different things of life. And uh, he, he tried pleasure. Anything that brought him pleasure, he bought it and he did it. He tried laughter, laughing. He brought in all the court gestures and the comedians. He, he also tried wine and drink, strong drink. And the amazing thing is that in chapter 2, verse 9 of Ecclesiastes, it said all through that, his wisdom remained with him. Now this is very unusual because 
Don't think that's going to happen to you. <laughs> you think you're going to go out into the world and play around, backslide, go off into sin, and your wisdom's going to remain with you. It's not going to happen. You're going to become uh, a fool, and you're going to reap what you sow. And at the, at the end of the book, it, it tells us in chapter 10 that um, his wisdom failed him. At the end, and it says when he got old, these women, and so remember, there was three things that where the king was forbidden to do. One of them, he could not multiply wives, and I, have, I think one's enough personally. Uh, he could not multiply wives. What did he do? He got 700 of them. This is just hard to even imagine. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines and it was the wives that stole his heart and his wisdom and it failed him at the end of his life when he was old but he so the king could not multiply women wives they could not multiply silver and gold riches and they could not multiply horses out of uh, Egypt he disobeyed in all three of those stipulations when when we went to israel we went up on the top of megiddo overlooking the battle of uh, the, the valley of megiddo where the the battle of armageddon is going to take place they and they showed us these are the chariot stalls of all of solomon's horses it was unbelievable he disobeyed all three of those commandments. And the other one was that he had to personally write a copy of the law of God so that he personally wrote it down and studied it, memorized it, meditated upon it, and uh, learned it. But at the beginning of this sinful, foolish trek out into the world, it says that his wisdom remained with him. In the end, when he was old, his wives got their way. You know, it's probably hard enough fighting one woman. <laughs> and I don't mean fighting in a bad way, but they've got a will too. They've, they've got some aggression. They want to do things. He couldn't stand up to 700 of them. He ended up building temples to false gods, committed horrible horrible atrocities um, against the Lord and and I'm not going to have you turn to it but in first Kings 1 verses 1 through 8 uh, it lists all the gods that he built these temples to and the strange women strange not supposed to have and he violated the wisdom that he knew that he even wrote and uh, Lord Will will be looking at this, but it tells you how to recognize a strange woman. And it tells you what type of simpleton uh, falls to the temptation of a strange woman. And it says, don't even go down her, house, down her street uh, as she calls those who pass by. So we need a healthy fear of God. Not a, an evil, uh, tormenting fear of God, but a healthy fear of God. So what is that? We know God is love. We know God loves us. 
We know that God has goodwill on earth and peace and goodwill toward men. We know that God uh, wants to bless us. He wants to load us, as it says, with benefits daily. God wants all these blessings to come upon us. But God is a holy God. He is a God that will not play second fiddle or moonlight to any other idols. And he's not going to put up with it. He is a jealous God. And he is called a consuming fire. He's also called terrible. And he's called awesome. And we ought to realize it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. Why die before thy time? Lord willing, we'll get to this. Every righteous deed adds to your lifespan. Every sin subtracts from your lifespan. It's a fearful thing. Why? God's watching. And God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if we understand this with an awareness and a realization that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, beholding the evil and the good. And God's looking for somebody to show himself strong on their behalf. But sin separates us from our God. So a casual attitude. Remember, I uh, heard the old timey preachers used to say that all the time. A casual attitude toward God and the fear of God will always result in casualties on the battlefield. If you take it lightly, you're going to trip, stumble, fall. You're going to have to be pulled and drawn out, uh, pulled out of the, the uh, highway of life. People are going to be looking at you. How art the mighty fallen? What a sad, sad question to ask. So the apostasy, the falling away from the truth, is they want you to be casual and to take the bait of the lie of the false doctrine that you don't need to fear God. God is all love. God is all grace. You don't need to fear God. But we need to remember that fear is healthy. You know why? Fear is to protect you from danger. You know, the, this new saying of this punko Generation X, no fear. I'm not afraid of anything. Uh, well, you're supposed to be afraid of God. And so, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So, we've been looking at the simple, the fool, and the wise that knowledge is the facts or the information. Wisdom is how to apply the knowledge. Understanding is the relationship between uh, knowledge and wisdom with God. And the only way you're going to have that is with the fear of the Lord. And if you lose that, you're going to lose knowledge. You're going to lose your wisdom. It will fail you. And you will suffer the consequences. So what is knowledge? 
the information we need to live life. Wisdom, how to use that information. How are we going to get it? The fear of the Lord. It is the beginning of knowledge. So this is why you have so many people who are supposedly highly educated, but they have no wisdom and they have no knowledge because they're just like it says when Paul wrote to Timothy, who was the pastor of the church of Ephesus, these silly women laden with sins are ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always reading, always watching, always listening, always hearing. They never get it. And they learn their whole life, but they never gain knowledge and then wisdom and then understanding. So the fear of the Lord must absolutely precede knowledge. Why is it that people are not doers of the word, but they're hearers only? Why is it that they hear the word and the parable to sow the seed of the word of God, these evil birds come in and immediately steal the seed before it can be planted in the heart to bring forth fruit that remains? This is why we're, it says that those who self-destruct, fools, when they hear the word, they do not mix it with faith. So you got to mix that word with faith. Now, for some people, I don't know if this is true, the fear of God may come a little easier than for others. I'm not sure. Maybe based upon their, their nature, their personality, their own constitution in uh, how they were brought up, and fear comes easier for some people than others. And you know, I, I really, when I when I grew up, I was um, every once in a while I'll relive my childhood, and I, I try to write it all down. Major events in my life, and uh, when, when I was, uh, I know I wasn't even in kindergarten. I had to be four or five years old. We lived in Oklahoma City, and we had a playground set in our backyard. And, you know, me and my brother were back there playing. We had a teeter-totter and a saw, a, I forget, you know, the horse where you ride it and all that stuff. And this kid next door, he comes over, and he wants to play. We said, it's not your turn yet. And he goes home. He gets a butcher knife. I mean, this, and I know he was four years old, three years old. You know, you think the world's... Uh, is just getting bad. You know, this is back in like 1964. Uh, some of you weren't born yet. And he just said, I'm going to cut, I'm going to, you know, and uh, I just, you know, and I got knocked out of my bed by a lightning strike. We, we lived in Tornado Alley and I never forgot that. We had single pane windows and it was booming and it was a pier and beam construction with an old wooden floor. And I mean, it literally, boom. And I was a little kid, knocked me out of my bed, and I slammed on, you know, things like that um, had a big impact on me. And uh, a lot of other things happened. And, and many of you can say, yeah, I remember things that happened that really had an impact on me. But if you've ever seen what happens to a sinner, a sinner, 
The way of a transgressor is hard. And it's not over yet. I had many of my friends die that I grew up with, just like I'm sure uh, some of you have. And horrible, horrible things that, that happened to people. They died way before they were in, intended to. Why die before your time? Horrible things. And so, the fear of the Lord, how are we going to get it? You say, well, that's just not who I am. I'm, I'm not afraid. You're afraid of something. I don't know what it is. Everybody's afraid of something. Fear is to notify you there's danger. It's God-given. Now, if you do not distribute that emotion or deposit or use that emotion with wisdom, it then will become an imbalance in your life and really be an evil thing in your life. So where, what are we supposed to do with fear? Fear God. If you fear God, you're not afraid of cancer. You're not afraid of a car wreck. You're not afraid of a burglar or a, some wicked ha or a devil or some, something happening in your life. If you're afraid of God, you don't fear those things. You trust in the Lord. And so you have this balance between God loves you, but God hates sin. God loves you, but a holy God cannot tolerate sin. He judges sin. He is a jealous God, but you balance that with the, the fear of the Lord. And then what happens? Somehow you feel his love more, and somehow you trust him more. But if you don't do that, you'll be one of these cowards out there, uh, afraid of your own shadow. You know how it is. What was that? But anyway. Uh, so how do you get, you say, well, and I've had people tell me this, I haven't been convicted about that yet. You don't have to be convicted about something that's right or wrong. If it's in the Bible, it's right or wrong. Amen. So I've had people, well, that God hasn't dealt with me about that. Well, let's read uh, our text here. Look what it says. Verse 22. Proverbs 1, 22. Well-known passage. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge. How long? How long are you going to live this way? Verse 23. Turn you at my reproof. Repent. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. If you'll turn to God, he will give you and bestow upon you and make himself known to you. But look what it says in verse 24. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Now what's God going to do when you need him the most and you have trouble? What's God going to do? This is the God of the Bible, not the make-believe Joel Osteen God. This is the God of the Bible. Verse 26. I also will laugh 
at your calamity, I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Now here's the key, verse 29. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. And it goes on to say, The turning away the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools will destroy them. So what, what is God saying here? When God offers you and calls you, you've got to listen, heed the call, and receive the wisdom and the counsel and the knowledge. And if you do not, this kind, loving God is a jealous God. And if you don't receive His wisdom and His counsel, when your troubles come and you call, He's not going to hear you. You know, this is why so many people don't get their prayers answered. They're praying, they're calling, they're praying, they're asking. God doesn't answer. Because when God wanted to give them wisdom and tell them how to live, they wanted none of it. Not me, not now, I don't want that. And so what happened? It gets worse than that. Not only will he not hear, he will mock them, ridicule them, make fun of them. You know what the word derision means? It means when you are made fun of, picked on, as we call it, bullied. You realize God does that to people? Why? They would none of his counsel. They would not listen. And then it says that uh, even if they seek him early, he's not going to hear. Now, Remember when, when I was, this way back when, when I got, right before I got saved, there was something came out called uh, mescaline, and I'm not sure even what it was. Some type of man-made, I believe it was a pharmaceutical, and people would take it, and it was, a, it was a torture drug, because what it would do, everybody in the room, an evil spirit would come in, and they'd look at somebody and start making fun of him. And the person they're making fun of was ashamed. And I can't describe the shame. Belittled, shrinking, mocked. Do you, you have any idea what I'm talking about on this? Uh, and uh, just belittled. I always ask Larry because we're kind of, we're the old guys or something. But, uh, and, and I remember... Everybody, it was a wicked spirit, and it'd take over everybody, and they'd all go, ha, your ears are big. And I, I can't explain how horrible the shame and the belittling and the derision and the mocking, and everybody would just go, ha, look at you, man, you've got big ears. And it was just like, no, and they'd start crying. No, please. And then something would happen and this wicked spirit would move to another person. And then they'd, pick, they'd just point at a totally different person. 
And they'd say, man, you got a pug nose. <laughs> and it was, I just can't explain. That's nothing compared to what God does to people. You know, you say, well, how could a God of love not help? Because God did help, but you rejected it at the time that he offered it. You see, we have this idea that God's there anytime you need him, just in case you're going through a rough time. You know, you can, you get a flat, you can pull out your spare tire, or, uh, you know, if you need insurance, you know, you can buy a policy. Just in case, God's the genie in the lamp where you can rub it and he'll come out and grant you three wishes whenever you want it. No. God says, I offered you wisdom before the trouble came and you didn't want it. And now you're having a rough time and you're calling out to me. Well, read it for yourself. The bottom line, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now, I don't know how I did it, but I'm afraid of God. I'm, I'm, I, I, he loves me. He's my best friend. But I'm afraid of God. God is a holy and a righteous God. And it doesn't mean your fear hath torment, the Bible says. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. This is a different type of fear. And it's more than a, what is reverential awe. It is a warning that God's watching and he's going to deal with me. And it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You know how many people, I mean, it's scary. You know how many people got slain at church? You know, read it. You know how many people told a lie about doing a good thing because they hid something and they exaggerated and they died? You know how many people thought they were doing something right when it was totally wrong? It is a fearful thing. You know, God made the earth crack open and wicked men and all their families go right down into hell while they were still alive. That's the God of the Bible. And just start reading through all the, the plagues and the judgments. How many people died when they committed fornication when Moses was on Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments. I forget how many. Who is on the Lord's side? Come over. You know what's going to happen at the Battle of Armageddon? He's going to set the battle in array in the Valley of Decision. And Antichrist and all the armies of the world will be on that side. And Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lord, King and King of Kings, will, and all the hosts of heaven will be on the other side. And he's going to plead in the valley of decision, who is on the Lord's side? And you know what's so strange? They think they're going to win. They, they still think they're somehow going to get away with it in their um, rebellion. So what do we need to do? Choose the fear of the Lord. Say, so I choose I realize God's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's watching, 
He's a God of foreknowledge. He's the Ancient of Days. And I fear Him. And I choose to respect Him. That's really all it is. I respect God. When you do that, God's going to give you knowledge. And when you get that knowledge, God's going to show you how to use it. That's called wisdom. And when you get that wisdom, God's going to give you understanding on how it relates to Him in the fear of the Lord. And so, it's not a popular subject, and uh, it must be learned. So, let's uh, just, in conclusion, turn with me, if you would, to uh, Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. And we're out of time. Uh, we'll see how it goes next week. Deuteronomy 4. And look at verse 9. Deuteronomy 4. And I know this doctrinally talking to Israel and the Palestinian covenant, but the principle applies to us in the New Testament. Deuteronomy 4, verse 9. Only take heed to thyself. There it is. You better take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life. But teach them to thy sons and to thy sons' sons. So your children, your grandchildren. Now look at verse 10. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Now, sometimes we'll say, I think God's trying to teach me a lesson. I'm, I'm, God's teaching me a lesson. Well, it may be he's trying to teach you to fear him, to fear him, to respect him, to honor him. And there's a lot of things that happened here that he's referring to in uh, Deuteronomy 4. So the good news is once you choose to fear God, there's nothing else to be afraid of. If you, but the bad news is if you don't fear God, you'll be afraid of something. And so it, it's uh, make your choice. Make your choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Remember what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. All right. Let's stand. Please pray about all of our prayer requests, a lot of serious needs. Uh, pray for those who are sick. Pray for those who need financial help. Pray for those who... Have